Welcome to episode number 12, Overcoming Mediocrity. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, welcome to the Rotated Views Podcast. This is episode number 12. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe, Goose, Heck, and Manny. That's right, we have the entire crew here. And then this episode is titled Overcoming Mediocrity, right? So in this episode, we'll discuss setting high expectations, pushing our kids to be greater, settling for an average life, the path of least resistance, and the mediocrity mindset. We wrap up the episode with quotes from Peter Scott and uh, the great, late great Nelson Mandela. All right, so how we start off our podcast, if you're new, welcome, thank you. Don't forget to download and subscribe. Uh, We have a new podcast every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure, and uh, we kick off our podcast with stories. So, the first story is kind of a switch up of things, but it's a short blog post uh, by lifehacker.com by Joshua Rivera, and it was titled Being Realistic in the Most Commonly Traveled Road to Mediocrity. That is a tough title. Uh, so I'll jump right in. When talking about goals or dreams of any sort, you've probably heard someone say something like, let's be realistic. Maybe you've even uttered it to yourself. But as the Will Smith quote reminds us, being realistic isn't doing any favors for your ambitions. So Will Smith said, being realistic comes with a sense of security, comfort, and a natural inclination to find the path of least resistance, discouraging risks. It may be scary, but sometimes you need that special kind of crazy to think that, hey, maybe you can actually accomplish what you've dreamed of. Um, that is an intense, first of all, first of all, that title's intense by Joshua Rivera. That's an intense quote by Will Smith, who's, uh, known for giving tips on, uh, law of attraction and things like that. And he's a, uh, superstar class, a celebrity. But, uh, before we get, um, the opinion on that, I think, uh, to serve this all justice, I wanted to give you guys the Webster's dictionary, uh, definition of mediocrity and it goes like this the quality of something that is not very good the quality or state of being mediocre also a person who does not have the special ability to do something well so going back now that we know the definition of mediocrity uh, what Will Smith said and what he's talking about mediocrity I, I when I read it I came off it came off to me as something when he speaks about the the path of uh, least resistance, mediocrity then gives a definition of kind of a comfort. It's like your comfort. You're just doing it because it's comfortable. Yeah. Um, your average person uh, is doing these kinds of things um, where it's not really something that's, you know, looked up to or people say like, wow, that's, you know, an amazing accomplishment. It's just average. It's, you're just doing your job. You just get, kind of get by kind of thing. Yeah. I kind of take that, like, for me, almost not as an insult, but, like, a person who does not have special ability to do something well. To me, that's, like... I know, when I read that definition, I'm like, wow. Holy crap. 
Like, people say, oh, it's just mediocrity. It's, it's okay. It's mediocre. I do whatever I do just to pass. But when you read a definition, it's, like, almost, like, kind of insulting in a way. Absolutely, it's insulting. Well, anyone who's out there trying to get something or trying to really, um, I guess, push the limits and push the envelope and, and, and break barriers and really demolish the mold and, and you know, I don't even know how to put it, but just something to, to do something that was never done, um, changing the family tree, so to speak, that that's like, holy smokes, I guess we're on the other spectrum then because um, the average person is just doing what is required. Yeah. That's it, right? Just that's a enough. C. That's a C. Yeah. Just to right? get by. That's just getting by. Now, is average a C or B? I don't now, know. Nowadays, yeah, what is it? I don't know, but... <laughs> dude, I think in some certain <laughs> colleges, a D is passing, so who knows now? Oh, yeah, it's passing, but it's not, <laughs> it's not average. I right, mean, so average is C? C is right yeah, C the is, middle C, line. C is yeah. average, C? okay. C. So you're doing a whole lot of just C. Who? And I'm just trying to think. Who in God's name would want... Like, that is all you're doing is basically settling, um, doing nothing of significance, and you are setting out to just be average. Um, now some people might not be setting out to do that and that's just so happen where they land. Um, but if that is a decision that you're making, that's, that's kind of bizarre. Yeah. That's a detriment to your own well-being, mental well-being, if anything. Cause like, if you feel like you're, you can accomplish more than what you already have done. I mean, that's seems like you have horrible, like self-esteem or something that goes along with that. Yeah. Or standards. Like you don't really have high standards for yourself. So basically, I guess the same thing with self-esteem. Yeah, exactly. When you think of mediocrity, man, what do you think of? Uh, I think to myself, it, it, it's average, right? Every but mediocrity is looked at as average. But how many people are in that who aren't average? You know, we talk about the one percenters, the two percenters. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily not horrible. Say, I live an average life. If that's all you want, that's all you get. Um, that's okay. Yeah, that's um, but I think in, in certain aspects, you know, you're not really worth your soul if you're not chasing something. And it could be as insignificant as chasing a video game record or whatever the case is. Mm. Um, but I don't know. The the quality of something that is not very good, that hurts, man. <laughs> I know. Like mediocre, like, you know, I, got, I drive a mediocre car. It gets me point A to point B. Well, yeah, um, it could be different. To you, though. Right, to, me, right. to you. You're, you're absolutely right. It's yeah, all a matter of, of perspective. But that, I don't know, man, that's the quality of something that is not very good. I've read it like four times. Like, man, that, that hurts. Dude, it's I, things I, soul. Seems I, like a harsh way to say it. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. Pain. It's like a, that harsh reality kind of thing. Yeah, there are different standards to it, though. It's like you could be good at one thing and mediocre at something else. Though. Absolutely. I mean, your life is mediocre. Absolutely. But, I mean, everybody's, I think everybody who doesn't like what they do is mediocre at it, right? Yeah, I mean, Mikey, yeah. you you would be I would call you a kind of a master barber or a kind of genius with the scissors, but you kind of love what you do, right? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a reason why you're not mediocre. So, you know, finding that thing that gets you past being mediocre, I guess, is what everybody strives for. Being going getting about outside your comfort zone to do something. Sure, but it's easier to get outside your comfort zone and not be mediocre if you're chasing something that you you know you like or you love, I guess, or something that kind of gets the juices flowing. Yeah, I mean mediocre, and okay, so mediocre is the average, all right. Mm -hmm. And then, so I coming coming from my perspective, um, I agree with you. Not that there's per se anything actually wrong with being mediocre. My thing is, is if you're trying to live a life of excellence, if you're trying to live a life 
that's uh, when you're trying to become the best version of yourself, how I mm-hmm. always talk about. Um, mediocre is definitely not something that you're striving for. Now, that's something that we all hit, that we all sit at at one point in our life at certain levels in certain areas um but i don't think i don't know if that's anyone's goal to be honest with you it no, could be no. but i know it's not my goal and i think it's there for a purpose though because then it it's like they say you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you're at mm-hmm. yep. so right. if you can yeah. measure yourself up against the average of let's just say americans and i know there's kids out there who are taking i'm, I'm headed into my master's program uh, so i had to take uh well, I headed into my master's program for my MBA, and I had to take the exam called the GMAT. And for the high schoolers going into college, it's the SATs. Um, they, they give you like an average, like what's the average score that, you know, the average person taking this exam um, gets. Immediately, once I see that, I throw on like more points, and that's my goal. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So it is a place to, I guess, like a marker. Because like you're talking about the, like the standardized test, like I always thought those were terrible in terms of of setting a bar in terms of stuff like that. Because I, yeah. like me, I, I'm all those like standardized tests, like this, the I forget what they called like in elementary school and stuff like that. Whatever they were, I always scored terribly on those just because like it was such a time restriction. You felt like you never had enough time to actually accomplish what those what you're trying to answer in those questions and stuff. And I was I was always quote unquote rated below average because yeah. it just it always worked out terrible. But it's like. My regular classes, I was totally fine. I was always like, I guess, regularly above average. So like, even stuff like that, like those kinds of tests, like don't, even though it's quote unquote a standardized test, it doesn't really set the standard if you're not that type of test taker. Like you don't do certain things well. Right. If you don't take that type of test well, then yeah, you're not gonna, you're gonna be quote unquote below average. You're gonna be, look like you're mediocre in comparison, even if outside your other quote unquote intelligences are high above average than than most other people are. So then you're touching on something else. Mediocrity is kind of a self-imposed thing, right? I mean, what what might look mediocre to some people is could be your great or your best. You know, that's kind of a self-imposed thing because if you don't have all the tools to be great, you know what I mean. You can in your mind you're awesome, you're fantastic, but people look at you and you still might be mediocre. So a lot of it is is actually kind of self-imposed on yourself. So yeah, I mean, well, that leads into the question. In your opinion, is mediocrity a mindset or an outcome, or is it both? Well, it could Oof. be both. What from the outsider look? From the outsider looking yeah. in, you know, that's you looked at as I don't know. I would look at it as, as mediocre, I guess. But if you're looking at it from, I don't know. Because I don't, I don't think, I don't think anyone like puts himself at a position who's like, oh, I want to do mediocrity, whatever work. People try to do their high potential, and the result might come out mediocrity, right. like in the middle or whatever. But it's not like that's the end result. It's not what your set, where your mindset is at. So it's just it could be, and like he said, it, what's what's mediocrity? Like what, where is that middle ground? Yeah. So we, what you guys are saying is we got the definition from um, Merriam-Webster's dictionary. But the definition also comes from each individual and exactly how they define yeah. what's great what's terrible and what's mediocrity, right? Yeah, or yeah. what's mediocre. I and I guess say. their own perceptions of what they, what's going on too. Right, exactly. Because just like the um, the example where um, I follow a couple, um, you know, investors, what their level of income is to them is great. And to me, that's like, holy smokes, that's like astronomical. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like these right. guys are, you know, pulling in like $12 million mm. a year. 
and you're like, dude, you make a million dollars a month. To me, that's a whole nother thing. But then when they're in their circle of influence, oh, yeah, that's their average. Right. They're mediocre. Right. Yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I guess it is it is a mindset, I think. Yeah. I think it's a mindset and an outcome. I think it's both because I think it's how we really define it. The brutal definition Miriam Webster gives us is kind of like how you take it. Because I I would the way they <laughs> describe it's almost hilarious, but yeah. it's true in a in a raw sense. Um, but it depends. Black and white is what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's no, and and that's the thing with mediocrity. It, you have, there's, there, you have to have that comparison because you're saying, who are you comparing it to? Yeah. Um, if you come to the United States, as a country that we reside at, and you say, what's the average median income, household income? It's a number. And then if you go to, you know, Europe or Asia, it's another. You know, yeah. number, whatever yeah. it is. Obviously, too, we're talking monetary stuff, so it's going to be different, you know, number-wise. But if you break it down, I'm sure it's different. I'm not sure what the exact numbers are. And to them, that's their average. To us, that's our average. Nothing, you know, who's to say right or wrong, mm -hmm. but that's just kind of the scale that we rate ourselves against. Yeah. So it's kind of like, who? okay, so in our circle of influence currently, right, it's kind of like if such and such has a certain income and such and such has a house lives in a certain neighborhood has a certain car they say you are the average of the five people you most uh engage yourself with like or hang around with um that's the average that's mediocre then because you're just yeah. the average yeah. right yeah. so it really is how you look at stuff mm -hmm. and none of us here are millionaires we're, we're all doing pretty well for ourselves, but we're not millionaires. So, okay, so take our group and then throw us next to the millionaire circle where there are a bunch of millionaires, right? And how they interact with each other, how they conduct themselves is totally different, obviously, because their level of awareness when it comes to earning an income is totally different. Right. Um, and then take that group and compare them to a circle of billionaires where you see Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and them, these guys and, and Oprah Winfrey hanging out together uh, exchanging ideas and, and, and investing in each other's businesses, their average is a totally different definition. It takes a totally different, um, I guess, outlook on life in general. Yeah, true. I mean, put us next to people who are from a poor area or just aren't, you know, don't have as much income. And we, we might, what we aspire to be, you know, as far as the millionaires are concerned, people could look at us in that same fashion and be like, man, they got it all together. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're like, oh, you know, it's okay, but we want more. So, like you said, it, I think it is more of a mindset, a mindset, partially an outcome, but I think more of a yeah, mindset and, and as what well. people actually perceive it as. Like, people might, you might think that, like, you're doing something well. You think you're doing something good at it. And then someone comes in and is like, ah, oh, it was all right. Right, and it's like kind of crush on me. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, you're yeah, all right. Yeah. I mean, and you're, in your head, you're like, "Damn, dude, I like really kicked it. Like, I nailed it right to the T, or whatever, whatever project just say you're working on." And you have some random person coming in, like, "Yeah, that's all right." Yeah, bust your butt for twelve hours, but that's all right. So that's now, like, to them, they see it as mediocre, and yeah. you thought you did to the top. Yeah. So it's. Do you guys think that's something that we get from like our parents? It's something that we kind of inherit, like a thought process. I mean, obviously not because we could we all make our own decisions and you know our career paths and stuff like that. Obviously, um, we can change you know uh, the the family tree, so to speak, at at any moment for making a huge decision, hard work, and all that stuff. But 
our our main I guess core values when it comes to what's mediocre is that do you guys think that stems from you know listening to our parents or or being around them and sure. their friends? Yeah, I think it, it's more it, it's more experience than anything. I think there's certain things in life that trigger certain emotions, and you know something might have happened to to you at one time, and you were like, well, that'll never happen to me, and that's kind of a mental and it's ingrained in your mind. So I think it's more of experiences. Um, I don't think when people say drive and dedication, I don't know. You don't get that. That's not. I mean, maybe some of that is given to you genetically or kind of given to you inherently. Uh, but I think there's experiences that kind of mold who you become. Um. Well, actually, kind of going off because it kind of is sort of like environment and stuff like that too. Like sure, how, sure, sure, sure. like you said, experiences stuff you dealt with. Because like for me personally, like stuff like that, I kind of gauge how how well I'm doing or whatever it is. I mean, me personally, I don't talk about it much, but I mean, I do deal with certain anxieties and stuff like that that kind of I feel like do hold me back in terms of even stuff that I do know I'm good at. I still even break into like the initial like I know have. I have social anxieties and, and like social awkwardness and stuff like that that does and at least initially even when I break through that like that when I was like oh, I know I've done something great that kind of on the second hand like once I like realize okay I can do it now then my mind starts reeling and then it becomes like a weird backward step almost like to almost kind of prevent me from keep going forward it's like it's a weird weird thing it doesn't make any sense wow that's super interesting do you think something is holding you back and then you just kind of said you don't know what it is because it really doesn't make any sense. Because like I said, even the stuff that I do know I'm good at, that like people even compliment me on, like some of like certain, like I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back, but it's like, but once I get to that that point, it just, it's weird that like, then I start overthinking it. Then I start like, it becomes even like almost like a detriment to myself that I really start like um, second guessing everything. What, what are you, doing. what are you second guessing? It's, it varies. And like, there's, like I said, look, there's, Social stuff that kind of comes into play. Right. There's like the certain confidence. things, like even just like it's the confidence. Or well, not, I are mean, you afraid to be not good at it? Like, oh my god, I, I set the bar so high, and then all of a sudden, like I, I don't know if I could do it again. Type to thing. To some extent, I, I do think actually parts of that that too. There's like that uh, maybe I can't withhold that same right, right, that same, same so momentum that mm-hmm. uh, that I did to begin with. That right. like it starts like playing, start playing mind games with yourself is what it is. And then like it it so then I feel like I'm I'm leaning back more into like yeah, the yeah. the below average type era, even though like even I still get told, you know, I'm still doing, you know, a good job, whatever, blah, 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 whatever it is. But it's like, it's, it, it just like your, your mind plays with yourself. And then like, that's what you like, like I said, a perception or just like random stuff. It's just like, it's just playing with you. If that right. makes any sense. Hmm. There's something that I heard when, um, and, and obviously it, it's a, it's a, you know, a subject or a topic that's talked about a lot in the personal development uh, arena. It's called the fear of success. Mm. And I, it sounds very broad when you say that, because a lot of times when people say success, they associate that with like a monetary um, accomplishment. But exactly what Gabe's talking about, kind of, kind of overcoming the fears of uh, social interactions. Mm. It's almost like when you accomplish it, it's a fear of success. So then you kind of retract uh, and you go back to your quote unquote comfort zone. Yeah. It's like you can't, you, I have to kind of get back in that comfort zone so I can like kind of go through again to kind of like, yeah get to the point where I was initially, but it's like, it keeps going like this back and forth thing where I feel like I'm, I almost feel like I'm plateauing amongst myself, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then I also think that this also goes back to, um, when we, when we're talking about goal setting and all these other kinds of things, it's knowing you you have this awareness though, Mm -hmm. where you are. So then, you know, when you're breaking that barrier, then all of a sudden you start to retract for whatever reason it is, whether it's a comfort thing or something that you have not yet experienced yeah. or you're just not, I think it's just a comfort thing. Yeah. Um, 
there's just this, this weird this weird thing that happens where um I don't know if it's like an instinct or whatever it is. I think it is. Um, and, he, and here's why. We have, um, uh, th- there's these all these like chemicals and stuff flying in our, uh, in our systems when we approach or we're hit with something that we're not uh, naturally uh, exposed to. Mm. It's a fear thing. It's like a fear fight or flight kind of thing that's exactly what i was thinking yeah so then all of a sudden you kind of like your awareness is totally different because it's something that you've never experienced or you you almost your body and this might sound weird but you feel your body feels threatened um for whatever reason that is um and so you start to act weird and different or whatever and then you go back to your comfort zone yeah um yeah it's interesting um so so do you guys think uh going back to you know the dad life thing and talking about mediocrity is that something we can overcome and do we push our kids to pass that barrier for whatever we define media, you know, mediocre uh, circumstances? And and also, what's pushing your kid, uh, you know, too much? Some kids have it being seeing a coach uh, or being around my son and, and some of the, the different players, different ages, seven and eight right now. Some kids are inherently just more competitive yeah and like they don't even know they just get angry about it right they just get angry where my son is more like eh, whatever yeah i gave it i gave it hell and that's you know that's yeah. kind of what it is and you're, and you're cool but there's some kids you can just see i mean they get angry or uh if they mess up they take it really hard so to me that's kind of um you know i guess retract my my prior statement i guess it is just kind of in you a little bit right. um but for me in my situation i try to push my kid and I tell him to answer the question again is it's a mindset it's a mindset because a lot of times you know the shoulders will roll down the body language will be horrible he's like I can't do it and it's just like no it's up here it's in your head so a lot of it I think is uh, a mindset and I don't know if you can push I don't know where the limit is for your kid yeah I don't think as a parent you kind of know from the outside looking in yeah you can say one thing uh, but it is uh it's kind of a bizarre I guess a very, very sensitive balance because you never know what too hard is, especially when you're in the heat of the moment. You never yeah. know. I mean, I see it two different ways now because, like, I know my uh, my oldest daughter is, uh, she's, like, into, like, this, She's in, she takes dance classes and she we got a trampoline out back and she's constantly, like, doing flips and doing all this stuff and when she can't do it, she's trying over and over and over. And, like, n- my wife nor I, we, we don't push her to do any of this stuff. She does it on her own. But at one point, before she was doing all this dance stuff, like she would go out and try stuff. I can't do it. Oh, I can't do it. Like she'll get frustrated with herself. So right now, I see my younger child, Lainey. She's I can't do it, and she gets a little frustrated. But then it's like you got to keep going. You got to keep going. So I hope that like she sees her older sister just continuously trying to do those flips or continuously like to do whatever it is that they're doing. Because I've seen pro- progression coming with Bella. Just doing it herself like nobody's really pushing her to do it she's pushing herself i guess she gives herself her own self motivation to to i guess master these flips it's it's crazy though because i seen where she started from and i never said i i I personally don't say much about it because i don't know much about flips i don't know the there's always proper like ways to flip and do all this stuff so she does it on her own and i she's constantly watching videos on youtube and doing all that stuff so she's she's got it pretty good so i mean but if you never said anything, where do they get it from then? 
Like they must have, they must have had an experience. Either somebody laughed at them or made, you know, made a comment or something That's that true. frustrated them. And all of a sudden it's an internal thing. Now the, the mindset has kind of shifted to be like, oh, that won't happen again. Could be, or they saw someone do it so good that they wanted to emulate yeah. that. Absolutely. And, I, and I think that's what Bella's, my oldest daughter, I think that's where she's at. Is like, she sees somebody's doing it, she's like, I can do that. I guess that's like stuck in her head that I can do that. Like, it doesn't seem like rocket science, and boom, and she just goes and goes until which, she can do it. Yeah, yeah which is still what kind of Manny is saying, though, because yeah. that is a mentality. So then where are you getting that competitive edge from? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this goes outside of sports, because I've, I've had interactions with friends who would get literally ticked off if they got a B in school and yeah. they're known for getting A's. So it was even them having um, an, an, an aggression towards accomplishing whatever greatness is to them, Yeah, which full circle goes back to the definition of mediocrity really is up to the individual. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, and or not just mediocrity, greatness. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. That's uh it's kind of weird. It's a fine line, too. You don't know what yeah. happens. And I think um, naturally, as parents, we are our child, our children's first coaches. And we're there even when it takes the first steps. We don't realize it when they're taking, like when James was taking his first steps, I had like this, this just excitement to see him do it and mm-hmm. was pushing. But at the same time, you could tell he kind of wanted to do it. He's like all wobbly standing up or whatever. And when he took his first steps, I just so happened to be videotaping, you know, uh, recording, you know, his first couple steps. And I think it was like two or three, maybe four steps that he took where before that he'll take one and just plop down. And then there's the infamous question, you know, what makes a child fall off of a bike or fall from trying to walk and get up a hundred times versus the adult who fails in life and never tries again? So then you kind of, and I'm not sure if it's a coaching thing. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's, you know, their circle of influence is different where they're like, dude, you can do it. Come on, just get, you know, get up and try again as if we're coaching our children learning how to walk. Um, but as a coach, being a dad coach, not as a coach in any teams or anything like that, I think it's exploiting the potential that the child has that you know that is within them. You know you can walk. Like, I know you can walk. So it's just that almost that confidence that I'm bringing on him. Like, Papi, you can walk. I know you can walk. Come on, get up. Let's go. Yeah. And it's that kind of encouragement that they're feeding off of as well. I'm not saying that's the total thing. Obviously, there's natural you know, things going on there. But um, th- there's definitely something to be said about early childhood coaching when we're talking about parenting with this stuff. Yeah. And it's, I, I, it's all like on the child's interest or ambition in the situation. Like Ava, Ava played softball this year and uh, I learned to know that's not her sport. Like, yeah. and as much as I tried and practice with her and I like threw the ball, she's throwing the ball like totally different way. And when she went up to bat for the first few times, she didn't know what side of the plate to stand on. It was frustrating for me and I'm practicing with her, practicing with her. Yeah. And then she does dance as well watching her do this dance she just had a recital and she's like killing it naturally does it and she's always like heck was saying with his daughter she's out in the trampoline doing her own i see her dancing and prancing around the house i didn't get it till i saw the the recital scene all put together and yeah. and and she was killing it like she yeah. has like moves and she's and that's her thing yeah. but meanwhile i was trying to press her to do the softball thing and it's not her natural talent and i was like going 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 i finally like 
gave back and like her last few games, I just let her. I didn't even say anything because I know that's not her thing. Yeah. If she wants to try and keep going, she could do it. But I don't see her like doing that on her own time. Like, oh, dad, take me to the batting cages, or dad, like that's not her yeah. thing. Her thing is like put on some music, let me dance, let me let me feel this beat, let me go, you know. So like, there's certain things where you gotta kind of like read them, feel them out, what, so you can back off. You're pressing on something that's not even into their their interest. Yeah. You might be kind of wasting your time on that thing. And, and help them find their niche, yeah. and then just keep boosting them up on that one specific, like, one thing. Yeah, so it's kind of like encouraging them at the same time, pushing them, but looking for the signs. Yeah, exa- exactly. I it's totally off dad life the the segment, but we we went to uh, a family I guess gathering we have at a tailgate for the Phillies game, and uh, talking about that mindset. You know, we're playing uh, cornhole's game, right? And or, or bago or bago, or whatever you call it. you, you throw, yeah the beanbag game. There were some people who are a little more competitive than others, uh, and, and and Jim and and uh, my uncle Dave. Where I, I I did it kind of on purpose. I was like Brian, let's play, but I want Uncle Dave, and I wanted them on the on on the same side. The competitive <laughs> nature in which these two guys—I mean, screaming to the point where some people were turning around. Yes, like where yes. Did, where does that come from? Obviously, yeah. it it came down from somewhere because when you screamed, you both sounded exactly the same. And I was like, "Whoa, come on, man!" And meanwhile, me and Brian are on the other side, kind of giggling. And I'm like, "This means absolutely nothing. Nothing. No, nothing's riding on it." But you would have thought it was Game Seven, and they were yeah. trying to win one for Cleveland. The way they went at it. Like what? Would, like what is that? What is it? Something that you? What is it? Is it a mindset? You make yourself like that, or it just comes out of you? You have no idea. Can't control it. What? What is it? At this level, for me, <clears throat> I what once everything turned around for me in two thousand six. I know this going totally back, but in two thousand six, I had I was introduced to the personal development area, and um, it was really working on myself. And one of the things that always stuck with me was stated. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. And every time, I, that literally pops up in my head every single day from the ten, almost 10 years ago when I heard that. Um, it was August of 2006, and we're two months shy from that. So it's almost 10 years ago when I first heard that statement, and I've literally lived by it. So it's not that it's just a bago game, a cornhole game. To me, it's just, it's beyond that. It's, I want to win at everything I'm doing. Now, there's there's lines. I don't cross certain lines. Uh, you know, I don't gamble. I don't do none of that stuff. Um, it's it's literally for my own. Like I just want to be better. And obviously, the competitiveness just naturally starts coming out, or whatever it is, and the smack talking. So then it gets you more invested into what you're doing. It gets you more excited. It makes the game more interesting. I was I, I also on the 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 level of thinking where. I'm going to be here anyway. I'm going to be playing this game anyway. We're all here having, you know, a good time anyway. Now, I don't I try not to let the competition ruin my time either because there's right. also people who it's just it takes to whole a level yeah. where it's just yeah. like, dude, you just took a family-friendly thing to I like the smack talking where we're cracking up afterwards like, "Oh, you got me. All right. Yeah. Okay, you know." Cuz then we smoked them, right? In that first round, and they came back and spanked us. And it was fun trash talking though going back and forth and then we just all sat down you know had some you know cooked on the grill you know threw a couple back and was we're having fun right my thing is we're gonna be here anyway make the most of it squeeze every little bit out of it that's my mentality so 
if I'm going to just throw like a lackadaisical effort into even bago or cornhole right. or whatever what they the call point? it. Yeah, what's the point? Like you're going to hear, yeah. go win, try to win. That's, I mean, that literally, that's how simple it is for me. It's not, there's no scientific thing for me. I'm like, I'm trying to win. I want some double. So that one phrase 10 years ago kind of molded who you've made yourself today. Yeah. I said, because it, it's true, because what, what happens when they, when someone says that, it puts value on my time. We talk about this all the time. A time is your only most valuable asset. Um, so I value my time. So if I, if even when I'm just hanging out, tailgating with my family, I want to get the most out of that. I'm We're here for almost five to eight hours, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Let's have all the fun yeah. we could possibly have, whether it's being competitive, whether it's watching the actual game, whether it's winning at something else, it doesn't matter, um, or just cracking jokes. To me, it's like, dude, you're going to be here. That's what I, that's when everything changed for me at college. I'm like, dude, I'm going to put in four years. Let's get the best four years possible. So from that point on, it sounds just, like everything that you do is definitely not mediocre. It's, no, at, at that, from that, once I heard that, I my, my definition... My outlook on life, my definition on how I look at everything is just go beast mode or nothing. Just go all out. Dude, my thing is if you're he- if you're a healthy individual, right, you have everything going for you. Uh, there's nothing holding you back. Even if it's just a game of bag of why, what do you do? Like people are like, oh, you're just having, you're, you're just relaxing. Like, dude, we, I find like the stuff that's just chill and laid back. My relaxation is also goes, all goes back to definition. My relaxation was us watching the game. Whereas when we're just tailgating, someone's right. relaxation is just sitting in a chair and having a conversation with someone. There's no right or wrong. For me, it was like this is my time to have fun. You know, you know, uh, trash talk with my uncle who we, we don't see that very often. It was to me that's level fun. That's his fun too. So we're going back and forth. Oh yeah. So my chill mode was when we're watching a game. That's when I was having conversations with people, real chill, laid back kind of thing. But right. when we're actually doing something, that was like oh, just you know what I mean. This is yeah. it keeps it interesting, keeps it fun, and then it. Almost created like a little mini spectacle because people wanted to see who's going to win. Now it right, almost made everyone right, yeah, else yeah, around yeah. you invested. Right. I totally off topic, and I apologize, but the the, the competitiveness is I had to figure out where where did it come from. Well, Uncle Dave's the same way. He's very very competitive. Like, yeah, super. In everything super. he does, which is which is awesome. But where you know where do you get that from? Because you know we talk about be, it being passed down. My dad is. I mean, he could care less. He doesn't compare himself to anybody. He's like, dude, you do your thing, and you know we. You can compete all day long, and not to say that he's you know he thinks in a mediocre fashion, but they're just two totally different people, born into right. the same household with the same family. But there's there was an experience somewhere that changed the mindset. Yeah, and to be honest with you, um, you, you know when uh people say that there's like a adrenaline junkies or whatever like that, I equate it um to the rush of winning. Like that, the level of emotions that are running through your body, it's almost like addicting and you just want to keep winning when you're comparing it to your losses. So in my mind, it was like, uh, I don't like the way losing feels. Mm-hmm. I just want to win. Right. And then there, there it is. It's that rush that boom, that turns a person into being competitive because I just want to win. I just want to win. Not, I'm not saying I'm not one of those guys. Oh, winning is everything. I have a line. I have a whatever. Because once it gets beyond not having fun. To me, you're just, you know, it's you too like to much have aggression. that mental trophy. Yeah, it's like in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's a rush. Winning right. is, there's a rush to it. And it's kind of, you know, I guess it could be, you know, like an addicting kind of thing. And that's what I want to. Because to me, it feels better than losing. Hmm. And, and and I took a, a 
a lot of losses in my life to know what it feels like to lose. And I will, you know, take a bunch in the future, but hopefully my wins will, you know, outweigh the losses. And to me, it's just a mentality. And once again, how you do one thing is how you do everything. How you saw me play Bago, that's how I'm doing a podcast. How you see me doing a podcast, that's how, you know, I, I'm at work. Everything's like, I want to be the best. The Mercedes the Mercedes uh, slogan, the best or nothing. Hmm. They're going to be there. Who comes up with a slogan like that anyway? And what are they? One of the best, most, you know, top notch uh, when it comes to luxury automobiles. And they're one of the best. Because their slogan, that's how they live their life. That's how they're thinking. From the factory to the parking lot or, or, or sales lot where they're selling these things is the best or nothing. And it's just a mentality. Not that it's right or wrong. I could be totally wrong. That's, I'm telling you, that's how I, I think. So, all right. So, kind of like going backwards, though. So, when we're talking about, you know, pushing our kids. Do you, and, Goose, you're, you're kind of talking about you saw certain signs. You saw certain signs, obviously, that Ava was showing you. And now you're going to kind of... Specifically, it was for this, you know, for this softball dance kind of thing. Um how do you approach next year? Do you just never say softball ever again? Because she's still young, yeah. so maybe she can yeah. grow out of kind of that thing. Yeah, well, obviously next year she's going to move up to the next level, so that's like something totally different. If It's on her. She wants to continue to play softball. I'll support her, and I'll try to approach it differently. Like I'll, I'll, I'll push her to a sense where she's going to understand the game and have fun with it, not to try to push her to like, and me get frustrated. I mean, just push her to for her to enjoy it, not to push her and try to make her work at it like twenty four seven, and still find out that's not her thing. Yeah, and and this all ties into being the mediocre thing. How do you guys feel um, as parents, where you know these these organizations are coming up with there's no no one wins or loses? I think it's stupid. You need to show these kids. I I, I don't know. I, that's my opinion. I think that. Oh, no, the game's a tie. What do you mean the game's a tie? You need to show these kids that you need to win some and lose some, and that's how the world goes. Because you're going to go out there in a real life, and you're not going to tie everything. Yeah, yeah. you're going to lose, you're going to be crushed. Yeah, <laughs> it's complete crushing. You're going to be like, yeah, heartbroken. Yeah, but where's the tie? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. So and they, I think they have to know or learn that not everything's equal. Like, that's right, what they're exactly. teaching. Everything's equal. Oh, you're too... That's what sports are. It's competitive. So they have to right. learn at a young age and that's, to compete. And that's, with so, um, yeah, nah, with Bella is the same way. She she plays softball, and she was getting frustrated when the coach sat her, because in her head she thinks she's an all star, and she plays her positions well. She plays second base and she's well, and she gets frustrated going out to right field or left field, even center field, and I try to explain to her. I was like, listen, every position out in the field is important, because if the ball gets hit out to the field, who's getting that? You are. The ball is in the field. You're getting that. So I tried to explain that to her, but she doesn't see it that way. She's, you know, she's got this one-track mind that she's an all-star. And I didn't knock her for that. Like, I want her to think that she's good at what yeah. she does because she's really good at it. But, again, it goes to the coaches where, oh, we have to give everyone a chance to play. And my kid doesn't understand that. She thinks, well, oh, she stinks. And she, you know, like, just, like, yeah. booing her down. And it's like, you got to – I understand you got to give them that time because they're, you know, they're not in the in – the, High school level, yeah, they're still in the minors or whatever, but uh, she just she thinks it's unfair when they put yeah. someone else. Well, that's in her that's position. also that's also touching uh, barriers of being a teammate too. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's everyone had there's a role for everyone, but you also have to say well, this is a team effort. There's there is a difference between individual sports, 
team sports, individual activities and yeah. team activities. Like, Manny, you guys had CJ uh, playing the piano mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah. where where did that go? How did that even come about? What made you want to introduce an instrument uh, to your child and kind of talk about the process and how it went and kind of when you guys came home from the lessons and what was talked about? Uh well, it came about because my wife um, read something that the that people who play the piano actually think, in a, I, I don't know, in a different way or I don't know. They have a higher level of thinking. If you could okay. read, if you could play the piano, essentially you could play any instrument. Okay, uh, I believe is what um, she read or was told or whatever the case is. Um, and then it's kind of started from there. Just you know, he showed an interest, and it was just you know we had a friend who said, uh, let's see, you know can you teach him the piano? And it started off and he enjoyed it. Um, and he liked it for maybe four or five. We got to halfway through the introduction, uh, of the book and after middle C and his fingers couldn't do it and he couldn't do it. Uh, the first couple were wins, but after that they started to become, I would say losses because he became frustrated. Mm. Um, he couldn't get it. He couldn't do it. And, they were tough for me because now here I am thinking, well, you have to do it as best you can. He was giving up because he wasn't understanding it. Well, you got to do it. That If you're here, let's not waste time. Let's try to do it. Now, again, he was four or five at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of the process. We let him do it until it literally he said, Dad, he's like, I just don't want to do it anymore. Mm. And as a parent, what is the balance? You know, yeah, I, it's tough. We, tried, we took him. I knew it was a problem when I left the last couple of times. I was emotionally spent. I was ready for a beer, you know, because it was just I'm trying to push him and get him to focus where it was just like, it, it, it you know, forcing a, a square peg into a round hole. It just right. wasn't going to happen. Um, so we pushed him as far as we could take him. And then finally, he kind of made the decision to be like, he didn't really make the decision, but he's like, I just don't want to do it anymore. And we didn't force him to do it anymore. Yeah. And that was kind of it. It kind of fizzled out. I mean, he's brought it up. He's like, I'd love to go play the piano again here and there, but. So he has brought it up. To- he's he's brought it up, but he's only brought it up because it, it, it was funny because uh, the one of his friends kind of started at the same exact time, um, and he still plays till this day. Uh, two three years later, he's very good. Yeah, at and it. I saw he was like doing recitals. Oh, he's doing and recitals, and he's and he's doing very well. Um, and and any time that it comes up is when a Facebook post comes up, and my son sees that. And says, oh, yeah, I can go back and play the piano. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. he hears, like, and meanwhile, he was like, dong, dong. So that's what he remembers himself playing. Right. So I think there's a little bit of competitiveness, you know, competitiveness there uh, for him, which is cool for me to see. But it's like, I'm not I'm not wasting my time there. Yeah. But that's, uh, you know, his son started off well. My friend's son started, well, you know, started off very well and then kind of continued on. My son started off well and then kind of trailed off and it fizzled. So yeah. that was kind of the process. Yeah, so... All right, so on the other spectrum, going to Gabe, um, I know you're not, you know, huge into sports or whatever. So how did that um, pan out for you in your childhood? Where you, you know, did you know, did they sign you up? Did your parents sign you up for sports, or was it just something you already knew you weren't gonna do? Or how'd that pan out? No, I actually never did much like extracurricular sports in school and stuff like that. Too, like I mean, but the funny thing is too is that. Around the house, like I was, like I said, I grew up playing video games and stuff like that. We actually had like little, like we played like Tetris against each other and stuff like that. So we did like high score and stuff. So we had like little mini competitions amongst yeah, yeah. like my mom, dad, and, and like sisters and stuff. So like growing up, they all played kind of video games, like the, you know the basic NES stuff. 
and we always even like we play like puzzle stuff together so we, we did stuff together but it wasn't really sports wise so it was like i mean and that's when like i i guess i gained my love for that and even but like i'll even go online like now like i'll play like random like street fighters like that online so i'll do stuff like that but i i've never been inclined for sports and stuff like that i was, I was never pushed for it to either um it, it's not very been much of an, um, of an interest either in terms of stuff like that but i mean well do you get pissed when you lose or what oh of course i mean if you ever see me in my room playing games you're 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 think i'm a totally different person <laughs> oh really yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, you're that guy yeah, yeah you gotta record yourself man that'd be fantastic. has to buy multiple <laughs> controllers because he snaps them in half <laughs> i broke in one but <laughs> <laughs> fortunately only one in like um, i don't know how many years now but yeah i mean so it still makes me want to think that um it kind of tails back into when we're talking about overcoming mediocrity. It really is overcoming your own boundaries, overcoming your own definition of whatever you uh, define mediocrity is, and also what activity we're talking about, right? right? When it comes to mediocrity as into a financial sense, when it talks about relational uh, relationships, uh, uh, spiritually, uh, whatever. Um, it's kind of how whatever we define it, and and then going based off that, it's kind of you know like a mentality I think and an outcome, uh, all in regards as to what you are trying to do in life. Yeah. There's some people who just li- literally doesn't give two cares about sports yeah. or two cares about music and being the best video gamer or whatever. Uh, to be honest with you, you put me in a, in a what's it called? I'm gonna be competitive just because I'm competitive. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But it has nothing to do with the video games. Yeah. Which is strange. Now that you think about it, it's kind of going, still going back to what Manny's saying, which is, it's it's kind of absurd. But I think it, it's, it's just because I enjoy winning. Yeah. I like yeah, the rush. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Because like when you, even like, if I play like regular single player games of that, even when you, you don't feel like you're doing it properly and stuff like that, you still get frustrated and you still want to continue yeah. and accomplish whatever you're supposed to be doing. So yeah. it's still like a little bit competitive within, among yourself. Because even there's a lot of games where you just set high scores and you just want to keep breaking those scores and so it's kind of like you set almost thing like your own high bars of stuff like that too yeah you know and, and we talk about it being a mindset but also being something that is um uh outwardly i guess or or what we talk about an outcome right yeah so my wife is uh was a division one basketball player she's uber competitive but outwardly you would never know yeah yeah. so yeah. i mean i i always go back to the to the she made a basket to tie a game versus a, a nationally ranked opponent and she, all she did, she got fouled while doing it, made the basket, and she turned around and just went like, gave a little mini fist pump. Hmm. Meanwhile, I'm behind the bench like, ah, ah, that's <laughs> like, I'm screaming. Like, so, but for her, that was her, like, you know, that's her being competitive and, and kind of pushing through hmm. the whole uh, mediocrity, uh, mediocrity thing. But it's the outcome where people see. She's she's struggling for it. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. where you and Uncle you know you you and Uncle Dave will scream up, so you can visually visually see competitive, it. right, yeah. right. Where she's more internal, and you'd never know. So the outcome yeah. might be different uh, just by looking at at that, the two. That kind of goes into what we're talking about: LeBron James versus uh, Stephen Curry. They're saying he's just like you know like the silent threat kind of thing. He doesn't really say much. He's kind of or Stephen Curry. I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. and and uh, LeBron James is very vocal. Um, and in his leadership, and they keep going back to the same thing. There's no right yeah, or exactly. wrong way. Yep. None of them are wrong for what they're doing. It's just how they both want to win, right. and it's right. exactly how they express themselves. Just how it is. Yeah. Um, some people are just, you know, you have your introverts, you have your extroverts, or whatever it is. Um, kind of switching things up, and and this 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 has to do with uh, overcoming mediocrity, and and kind of being average. 
Um, it's kind of like relationship advice. I know it's kind of like a weird thing, uh, kind of different than what we normally talk about, but this is our what would you do uh, segment. And I want to ask you guys, what advice do you give someone uh, who's looking to settle for a relationship, knowing that they'll be unhappy, uh, but their argument is that at least they won't be lonely? Well, I'm, I actually, I can kind of speak on this personally because like years ago I had like a, it was a long-term relationship. It was actually, it was like when I started college, I was with the girl for like five years, whatever it was. We did talk like long-term stuff, whatever. It was always up and down. Um, we broke up a couple times, blah, blah, blah. Um, towards the end there, I know I was totally unhappy. I'm sure she probably was too, even she probably didn't want to admit it. But my mentality was at that point, because I, we, because we talked about, like I said, we talked about marriage and stuff like that. And like, I was maybe begrudgingly actually going to do it. I mean, I was actually younger and like coming off of like high school. I wasn't really, I didn't have self-confidence, a lot of stuff like that. So I was like, I was kind of just like, it was really my first real long-term relationship. So it's just kind of, you know, going through when I assume, you know, I did care about her and everything, but it was like at the end there, some, I don't know how we even came to a conclusion, but I knew in my own mind that even if I was going to be quote unquote unhappy, I'd rather do it by myself than do, than you know, go through the motions with somebody who I'm unhappy with. So yeah. I'd rather, you know, deal with my own issues and, you know, gain a better perspective on myself as opposed to maybe stringing somebody else along that, you know, even if, you know, I don't know if she was on the same level at the time anyway, but I'd rather do that by my own and not have somebody else over there that most likely we're probably going to gain to, you know, hate each other eventually, most likely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole lonely thing... If that does happen, you become quote unquote lonely. Oh man, I I think that's a really good time to not to sound cheesy or anything, but to find yourself. It's a yeah. it's a perfect time to really think about what you actually want. Um, j- there's no need for someone to be in a you know in a in a you know chosen forced relationship just because they don't want to be lonely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's there's a lot of people out there you know, male or female that you can find that will suit your needs. Um, the, the problem is we want everything to fit our beautiful, perfectly put together timeline in life that nothing like that ever happens. This doesn't even have to be relationships. This could be career advice yeah. where we're totally struggling. Like, man, we're not where I want to be. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm not even going to go. I'm not going to go, you know, take extra classes or go for my MBA because mm. I'm just going to stay here. What's the point kind of thing where, Going back to this is mediocrity again, just settling, just being average, taking the road of less resistance just because it's comfortable at some almost that's kind of disgusting level that you're just with somebody because you don't want to be lonely in a weird, horrible, selfish way. Well, I mean, don't ever look for uh, a a companion to kind of solidify or, or make you more stable. You should be able to bring something to the relationship. Nobody, no successful relationship is is built on you complete. Like you might complete somebody, but you're my life. That to me, that would never ever work out. You have to have something. You got to bring something to the Some table. Yeah, that, too. Ab- absolutely. So, I, Jim, to to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, absolutely, go find yourself. Yeah, you can't make somebody else happy unless you're happy. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's not it's not possible. And life's too short. Go find something fun. You're only here for a short amount of time. Yeah. Don't waste your time being miserable. And I, yeah. I do I do feel like there's someone out there that's going to fill those voids for you, whatever you're strong at. 
They're may, they may be weak yeah. at whatever you're weak at. They're going to be strong at. Sure. And I think it has to happen in that natural way. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times people are forced to you know be with the person that you know they you know they went to prom with in high school, and you know then that's the end of that. It was like you definitely didn't explore options. You're clearly 17, 16 years old, right. and there's there's a yeah. lot of stuff going on. Um, this is anyway for the person that feels like they have to be in this relationship based off being lonely is the other result. That's not the other result. Maybe you need to be alone. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely you know, right. We we lot we like to point the fingers as as a natural thing, but maybe you're the problem. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe it's you that need you literally need to know what you want because at that point no matter who comes in your life, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be satisfied. Because Absolutely. if you're not happy yourself, what is the point? You're just going to make someone else miserable Absolutely. and drag them in your yeah, like, deep hole. Absolutely. And um, I guess you can't quote, quote, complete somebody else if you you, know, you don't haven't completed yourself. That's what I said. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's an, a disgusting, selfish thing. Yeah. Because in some weird you're, way, you're... You're constantly looking for something to avoid to fill. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a brutal cover-up of emotions and just garbage and that's why i say just go find yourself yeah because yeah. then you you know self-check exactly you know just putting yourself in a position to fill their emptiness yeah and that that's just that's bizarre and like um but uh yeah so so wrapping things up talking about um overcoming mediocrity um so obviously there's going to be some things that you're going to be mediocre in quote-unquote mediocre whatever that's defined as but it's the level of excellence you're giving and the effort that's important. That to me, whether if you land on being mediocre, that's fine if you gave it all you had. Sure. Right? Oh, yeah. Because yep. I know Absolutely. for darn well I'm not gonna be the professional basketball player I aspired to be when I was four. Um, yeah. but I gave my effort, it is what it is. I'm not that's just not my thing. I will never be my thing. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with just being, you know, you, yeah, he's an average street ball player. I'm fine, absolutely fine with that. So there's you gotta pick and choose your battles. What do you want to be excellent in? At that's what you should be questioning yourself. Forget the mediocre stuff. What are you going to be great at? What are you naturally inclined to do? What are your natural talents? And go with that. Find your strengths and sharpen them. Don't look at your weaknesses and and be down on yourself for something that you're not that good at. When you have plenty, I, I believe every, seriously every person out in the world has a strength that they could just sharpen and be the best at and become great. And become the best version of whatever in the world that is. And it switches your mindset from settling to something in a realistic way. It's because uh, it's, it's based off your actual effort. And uh, all right, so I, I came up with this kind of like this weird saying in my mind. Uh, it's kind of talking about being comfort or being in your comfort level or whatever. Mm-hmm. The path of least resistance pays minimum wage. And the path less chosen has the potential to pay you unlimited wealth residually forever so if you kind of look at it that way um not trying to say like everyone go 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 out there and have a hard life um (laughs) knock yourself out but the rewards are different yeah when and then it obviously should be towards something that um you know you have you know that natural inclination uh towards because someone's someone once told me not to bite off more than i could chew and I said, I'd rather choke on greatness than nibble on mediocrity. Hmm. Um, and that was a quote by someone unknown. And that's also something that, you know, I wrote in my notes here, but it's something that sticks in my mind yeah. that uh, mediocrity is how we define it. Um, but at the same time, um, shoot for greatness and uh, you, you will never be disappointed in yourself. 
So how we like to wrap up our episodes is by quotes. And today for this episode, number 12, Overcoming Mediocrity, we have a quote by Peter Scott and the late, great Nelson Mandela. We'll start it off with Peter Scott. I've always believed the greater danger is not aiming too high, but too low, settling for a bogey rather than shooting for an eagle. Uh, So all my golfers out there, that was for you. Obviously, a bogey is worse than an eagle. An eagle is absolutely amazing. So anyway, uh, now by Nelson Mandela, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one you're capable of living. It's kind of, we're going back to being the coach and pushing our kids the, because we know the potential that they actually have. All right, so thank you for listening to episode number 12, Overcoming Mediocrity. In this episode, we discuss setting high expectations, pushing our kids to be greater, settling for an average life, the path of least resistance, and the mediocrity mindset. We wrap this episode up with quotes from Peter Scott and the late, great Nelson Mandela. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at jimmyleevelez.com. And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.